Hang with me. <laughs> See, it's a, it's a sign of her love for me because it shows me how she has grown to know me and know what I love. Because what I love to do, one of the things, one of the few things that I think I'm good at is making dirt. (laughs) It's great. It's a great practice, man. You just get a bunch of leaves and you get a bunch of vegetable scraps and yard waste and you turn them, add some water, and God does the rest. I sort of parallel it to the church, but I won't get into that right now. She gave me this gift. I think it was Father's Day, wasn't it? Yeah. Because she loved me. Loved me so much to know what I loved. And to know what would be at the top of my wish list. Our desire as we begin this series of God's wish list is that we would have the same relationship with God. That we would so love Him. We would so desire Him. We would be with Him with such intimacy that we would know what He loves and we want to give it back. Because we love Him. Because we cherish Him. Because all the songs that we just sang aren't just words, but they truly communicate the truth of our heart or they lead us into where the Spirit is taking us. That indeed we fall at the feet of our Savior and Lord and say, You are indeed beautiful. And I want you. And I love you. So that we in our love for Him, know what His wish list is. So so what we did is we went through the Scriptures, those of us that were planning this series, and looked to see where are the places we we hear, we read, where where God says He requires something of us, that He he desires something, He asks for something. Where is it that we see that that that's what God loves, that that's what God wants? Because we want to give to God what God wants. We want to give to Him what is on His wish list. And we look to see what is it that God hates? What is it that He despises? Because what He despises, or, or the opposite, is what He loves. It's what He wants. So for the next six weeks, that's the the, the wish list of God that we'll pursue. Oh, I did want to, before we go to the passage, which is Deuteronomy 10, did want to be sure to remind those uh, children and those children at heart of the uh, children's bulletin that uh, is uh, out again. So be sure if you didn't get one and you need one, um, again, there's no age limit. It can uh, help you um, walk through the service with us all, uh, all together. And want to thank uh, Miss Rish for putting that together. Let's um, 
Let's pray together as before we look into Deuteronomy chapter 10. Dear gracious God, thank you for your word as it speaks to us of your very heart. Of what you desire, of what you long for. And may your spirit so enliven us that we not just know it, but that then we return it back to you. Giving you what you love. Help us to fall deeper in love with you. Lead us so that indeed we really do long for you as that which is beautiful. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 10 starting with verse 10 uh, through chapter, uh, through verse 22. Now what, what we've got here is this is the, the second time that Moses has come down the mountain after being with God on Mount Sinai. This is the second time that God's delivered the uh, Ten Commandments, uh, the, the law to God. Do, do you remember what happened the first time? Yeah, God came down, or Moses came down and he found the, the people with a golden calf and a golden idol. You know, they put it all together to make it so that the first time didn't go so well. So this is the do-over in a, a nice way to put it. Chapter 10, starting with verse 10, found on page 146 of your Pew Bible. I stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights as I had done the first time. And once again, the Lord listened to me. The Lord was unwilling to destroy you. The Lord said to me, get up, go on your journey at the head of the people that they may go in and occupy the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. So now, O Israel, what does the Lord require of you? Only to fear the Lord your God to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and His decrees that I am commanding you today for your own well-being. Although heaven and the heaven of heavens belong to the Lord God, the earth with all that is in it, yet the Lord set His heart and love on your ancestors alone and chose you their descendants after them out of all the peoples as it is today. Circumcise then the foreskin of your heart and do not be stubborn any longer. For the Lord your God is God of God and Lord of Lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who is not partial and takes no bribe, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow and who loves the strangers, providing them food and clothing. You shall also love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. Him alone you shall worship. To Him you shall hold fast, and by His name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things that your own eyes have seen. Your ancestors went down to Egypt, 70 persons. And now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here, one of the first times that we found, this is what God requires. This is what God asks. This is his wish list. It's in verse 12. First thing he says, 
only to fear the Lord your God. Now, if you still got uh, your, your Bible open there, real quick, just understand what fear is. It's not a fear as in scared, but a fear as in awe. It's actually exactly the same word that is translated down in verse 21 when he talks about, um, He is your God who has done for you these great and awesome things. The word awesome is the same word that we translate for fear up above in terms of how we are to to fear God, how we are to see God uh, with this this fear, this awe, this wonder. What what God desires, what what God wants from us, He wants to be our hero. He wants to be our celebrity. You know, you know the one, the, the one that when, when they come on TV or they're on the radio, you just swoon for them? That's what he wants. Is, I don't see her, but Beth Killian, are you here? She's in the kitchen. She is, she's probably listening there to Over the Rhine. Because here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask her to talk about Over the Rhine. It's a music group. And when you do, her eyes will light up. She'll start spitting at you because she gets so excited. And she can tell you the albums, tell you the music, tell you the words. Because they are her celebrity. They are her hero. Who's yours? You know, that hero, the one that just that grabs you. That when you see them, you get excited about it. And you can tell me all about them. It might be a football player. It might be an athlete. Might, might be a musician that's long ago dead, but you can tell me all about him. For, for me, growing up, it was Bear Bryant. Now, some of you don't know Bear Bryant. He was just the greatest college football coach that ever lived. <laughs> yeah, amen. It is a religion down there. And uh, I was with, uh, I may have told you all this before, but I was uh, with uh, a friend, Brad Spencer, at the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame banquet. My dad worked for the newspaper, so we always got these kind of crazy tickets. And I don't know, they were talking about women's archery or something, you know, and it just wasn't our thing. So we got up, Brad and I left, and walked around some of the back hallways, and we turned the corner, and down the hall, there he sat with a couple of folks just dangling his legs on the side of a table. Just sitting there. And Brad and I stop breathing, stop moving and look at each other. Our eyes bug out and touch one another. And we're like, what do we do? What do we say? What happens here? You know, I don't know. What do you think? Well, maybe we should turn around. You know, that's how you, when you get with the one that you're just in awe of, that's how you start to feel around them. And eventually we said, well, let's go talk to him. So we, you know, sauntered down. Hey, coach, how's the team look this year? Well, son, they look good. Thanks, coach. See you later. Boom, and we're gone. (laughs) But that's that, that awe that we have around our celebrity. And that's what fear means. Does God do that to you? Or has God lost a little of that allure? That's what he desires, is to be our hero, our celebrity. He also wants to be our coach, our guide, our mentor. 
You know, uh, only, here's what God requires of you, to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways. He wants to be the one that, that we walk behind Him. The ways that He goes are the ways that we go. Where He places His foot, we want to try to place our feet. I, I used to ride motorcycles with my dad and my brother. I was terrible. I hated it because I analyzed everything and I'd be scared of like, Falling off the thing, you know, and breaking something. You know, it doesn't seem fun to me. And my, my dad would tell me as we'd go, we'd join in competitions and we'd ride deep in the woods and he'd say, just follow me. Don't look at all the things around you. Don't try to analyze it. Don't try to systematize where to go. Don't think it out. Don't let fear rule you. Just where I put my tires, you put yours. That's what God desires. That's what on His wish list. What He wants from us is for us simply to follow in His ways. Where He goes and how He goes, He wants us to go also. He wants to be our mentor, our guide. Is God your God? Or is He just your butler? Is, is He guiding you every step of the way? Or do you just call for Him when things get tough? God desires to be our hero. He desires to be our, our guide. And He wants to be our lover. Yeah. Whoa. Really? Yes. He wants to be the object of our desire. You only have to read through a couple of the Psalms to see that. Oh God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. Sounds like me and writing a poem to a girl when I was a junior in high school. That's what God desires, though. That's His wish list, is for Him to be the object of our desires. I mean, the songs that we've been singing this morning, and what, what I do appreciate so much of the, the, the songs, is that each one of them were I, were we. We weren't singing about God, we were singing to God. So that the, the, the songs that we sing would train us, would lead us. It, it, it may not be that any of us gathered, I didn't gather here with my heart in the place of saying God is beautiful. But by the time that we finished singing, I was truly saying, God, you are indeed beautiful. may have taken every song to get there. That's why we sing to God, because we indeed want to please God. We want to fulfill His wish list and indeed see Him as our lover. When I was in uh, high school, I had a, a, a friend that was a girl who I longed for. And this particular female loved the movie Grease. So, 
I memorized every word of every song from the word from Greece. You're the one that I want. Yeah. Summer loving. Remember John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John? Yeah, yeah. That was, I went to see it two or three times so that I would know everything about it because the one who was the object of my desire loved it. I'm ashamed to say it, but that's the case. So God wants to be the object of your desire. The one that you truly love. And so that you, you if you, as we love God, we love the things that God loves. So as to please Him, to enjoy Him. And then finally, He, he not only wants to be our hero, wants to be our God, wants to be our lover, He wants to be our boss. Our, our master. Walk in his ways to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his decrees that I'm commanding you today. He, he wants us simply to obey him willingly. Or even if it's unwillingly, still to obey If He says for us to do it, then we do it. Because what we know is that God is just and right and loving. Verse 18, He goes, the passage goes into that. He he executes justice. He loves the stranger. He's the one who is God of God and Lord of Lords, mighty and awesome. Because He is good, because He is just, because He is right, because He is love, then then we can obey Him perfectly and in everything because He's the only one that can lead us to do what is just and right and good. There is no other entity that we can obey with such abandon, even a reckless abandon, because of His character of being good and right. In all of this, verse 16, then, or verse, the end of verse 15 is for, is for our good. No, it wasn't for 15, it was the end of 13. To keep the commandments of the Lord your God and His decree that I am commanding you today for your own well-being. It comes back full circle because that's what God desires for us. He desires our well-being. What is on the top of His wish list? But our well-being. As we just talked about the last three Sundays, uh, shalom in Him. And He summarizes it, verse 16. Circumcise then the foreskin of your heart. Parents, I'll let you describe that to your, your kids. But what he wants is not just the ritual, not just the circumcision of the flesh, but he wants the heart. What, what, What is the top of his wish list is you. Your whole self. Everything about you. He wants everything about you to be his. That's what he wants. And that's a really hard thing to give. 
And it's not something that we give once and get it over with. At least that's not my experience. It wasn't the Israelites' experience. And I'm willing to bet it's not any of our experiences. It's why we gather every Sunday. We gather every Sunday while we confess, while we receive forgiveness, while we move forward because we know every Sunday we keep some for ourselves. Oh, I have a note to myself right here. If we haven't gone to get the kids yet, we can go get them now. Oh, they're waiting. Okay. Well, then maybe you won't have to explain that circumcision part to them. But he says, verse 16, circumcised in the foreskin of your heart and do not be stubborn any longer. Verse 20 and 21, he summarizes it again. This is what God requires, what God desires. You shall fear the Lord your God, Him alone you shall worship. To Him you shall hold fast and by His name you shall swear or you shall take your oath He is your praise. He is your God who has done for you these great and awesome things that your own eyes have seen. Again, he says, what God desires at the top of his wish list is you. It is your heart. It is everything about you. So, So much so that he says again, to fear him, to serve him, to labor for him, to cling to him, to to swear by him. Your oath is by him. He is your praise. I ask you again, where is it? How How is your soul within you as you consider God being your hero? As you consider God being your guide, your lover? As you consider God being your boss. I'm, I'm better at the boss thing and at the, uh, um, the guide thing. The, the hero and lover, that's a tough, those are tough for me. So I so much appreciate those that are feelers and extroverts because they teach me and lead me in those ways. What about you? If you had to give one to the Lord, which is the one that's hardest for you? For God to be your hero that you swoon? For God to be your lover, that the object of your desires? Which is the one? Go ahead, take out a pen. Take out a piece of paper. Interact with His Word. Interact with Him. Him being your lover. Him being your boss. Which is, the, which is the one that you're, you're really holding back on? For, for some of you, it's just, just this whole idea, maybe freeing, to see God as, as, as the one who loves me. That, 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 that the, the reason I, I love God is I, be, I want to be with God. I want to know what God loves. I want to know what God is doing because I, I want to give Him back. What, what he loves. And that may just be freeing in and of itself. For others of you, you may be stuck spiritually. Yeah, you remember days when you did think about God that way. But it's not the case today. It's just sort of as I've, in some, my own spiritual life at different times, have said, it's just an engine with no lubrication. It's just metal against metal, and we're just doing it. But it ain't any fun. 
what, what do we do to, to regain that passion, that energy? How do we get unstuck? How do we re- renew and see God again as our hero? See God as, as our guide, our, our mentor. Well, there's one thing that I've found that works and for me, and that is that I don't wait for somebody else to do it. That I take responsibility for my spiritual life. I can sit around and blame everybody else, and I've done it plenty of times. Probably every one of you in here I've blamed at one time. <laughs> the one thing I can do is take control, take responsibility for my own walk with God. And what I find is God is so awesome and indeed so beautiful. If indeed I do what I need to do to spend time with Him, then I begin to fall deeper in love with Him. I begin to see God as my hero and I swoon in His presence as I take responsibility for my own spiritual life and what that means for you and what that means for you. For, uh, for you to do the same. As you spend time with Him, however you do that, that rekindles that beauty, that glory, and that wonder. That, that energy, of that desire, then makes you want to memorize the words from Greece. And that teenage girl, by the way, who loved Greece, is now the mother of our children and my wife of 22 years and the giver of this gift. And just two Fridays ago, we were going to the EMI banquet. And so, and we were, you know, it, we were supposed to wear after five attire. Well, we didn't know what that meant. We looked it on the internet. What exactly does that mean? Basically, it said, don't wear jeans. I said, oh, okay, we can handle that. But we, you know, got dressed up. And spent a little time together. And even just as we were dressing up, you know, she was doing it up. And man, she was looking hot. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, with, with kids and all the rest and all. I mean, you know, man, when's the last time, you know, you really got dressed up and looked at one another again? And, and because she, I wanted to get dressed up. I didn't even complain about getting dressed up. Because I wanted to be that woman's trophy husband. It's amazing what can happen when you just stop and look at one another for a little bit. What can be rekindled? What energy and passion can be made new? What, how, when you spend that time with God, you can swoon in His presence. That's what I encourage you today, is simply to spend time with Him. Make a commitment and spend time. My commitment is to spend an hour a day with God. Now, I do it about 30% of the time. Now, if I didn't have that commitment, I'd do it zero. Somewhere along the way, I think it's the work of the devil, that failure, 30% is failure. Well, in baseball, man, that's a good average. And other times it might be 30 minutes. Other times it might be five. But... That is my pursuit. That is my lifelong goal. And one day I will surpass it because I'll die and I'll be with him forever. <laughs> but what's yours? What is, the, what is the time that you need just to rekindle? 
with God. Okay, I see you. The kids are ready to come in. Bring them in. They might interrupt us just a moment. But what we wanted them to do, but what, what, what you'll do as you spend time with God, as you spend time with Him in all His glory, in His beauty, then you will grow in your desire with Him. You will, you will desire to please Him and you will give Him whatever He wants, even if it's a pitchfork. Because you know that's what He loves. That is our desire. So today, we have the, the wonderful privilege of giving the fourth graders their Bible. To, to, to say, here is your, the, the, the Word, the written Word of God, the, the way that He has given us to truly hear His wish list. And so we thought the other kids could come in and participate in that as well. And then it also makes it easier to deliver them to you during the congregational meeting so that you don't stay in the congregational meeting and the uh, folks who are taking care of Sunday school class stay down there for the congregational meeting. But we, we take this time. You guys can turn around and look this way if you want. I know I'm, they're probably prettier looking than me. But what... Uh, And so as we bring the fourth graders up and their parents, this is a way of saying to them that this here, we believe, is... I'm going to move this. You can move it back, Aretha. Be sure to. Um, This is one of the ways that we spend time with God in His written Word. And throughout the history of the church... This has been the primary way that we spend time with Him, that we learn what He loves, that we see His beauty, or we're pointed to His glory and His wonder all around us. And so we we want to to give, not not just to the fourth graders, but to their families. What uh, we'll do is I'll give the the Bible to the, the adult that is with the fourth grader. So as to say, you know, we as a church, when, when, when we have a baptism, we say, we're supporting you. We're, we're, stru- we're, we're going to help you as a family to be raised in the ways of, of Jesus, to, to fall in love with God. We don't do it for you as a family. You take responsibility for your own spiritual life as a family. But we, we want to help and support and encourage in every way we can. So I give it to the adult, and then the adult gives it to the child. So fourth graders and parents, adults with them, and uh, Bill and uh, Scheid and uh, Dave Snyder are the teachers for them. Ask you all to come up and just make a line right along here. Will everybody get up here? Austin Abbott, 
Give it to your parents and they'll give it to you in a minute. Waverly, Phoenix. Kyland, say, see. Libby, ought. Olivia Haynes. Hey, I see that. <laughs> Carmen Rader. Lindsay Sasson. Allie Towner. Tyshawn Washington. And Jason McSwain is absent, but his dad is down there. Joel, you give that to Jason for me, thank you. Now, the verse that we gave uh, for, for them is because we spent uh, Sunday evening um, going through the Bible. These Bibles are used Bibles. Now, they've been used by them already. They have their name on it. They have, they've written in it what different parts of the Bible are just to get the basic story, the love story, the love letter from God that we don't just put on a shelf, but we rip it and tear it open and read it over and over and over again. So that we learn of the one who loves us so that we can love him back. Now, to the parents, I invite you to continue to the responsibility of being the, the spiritual guide to your children. To help them as they engage God's written word. You can give them the Bibles and let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your word. And we lift up each of these who have received this Bible as it is the, the, the words from you that you've delivered to us through the church. We, we pray that your spirit will make them come alive, that we will not only know them, not only read them, but that we will do them. That we will digest them in such a way that, we will, uh, that each one will grow and see you as their hero, see you as their, their lover, their boss, see you as their guide. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.